0: Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gurell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on.
1: Hello, Lori Garrell. Hello, Lori King-Taylor. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Of course you are. In our last podcast, we talked about the toxic employee. Now we're going to kind of reverse that a little bit and talk about a toxic boss. I think
2: this is something that's very relatable, and chances are all of our listeners have had what they would call a toxic boss.
1: I believe so. I know I can remember having a toxic boss. I've been very fortunate. I only remember one toxic boss. Uh, However, I have been my own boss for the last 18 years. So... (laughs) (laughs) So I was doing some research
2: and I found a statistic that I think is very telling. In the American Psychological Association, 75% of Americans say their boss is the most stressful part of their workday.
1: You know, that's kind of sad, isn't it? When you think of it, 75% that the boss is the most stressful part of the workday, but I believe it. Because of my clients in executive coaching and talking with a lot of my clients, a lot of times we do spend a good deal of time talking about their relationship with the boss and it's a stressful relationship.
2: I would say that it comes up in a fair amount of coaching that I have as well. And interestingly enough, it's often the boss that sends someone for coaching And then we end up coaching around how
1: to work better with the boss.
2: So I I think that's an interesting catch.
1: (laughs) And the client's like, it's my boss that needs this more than I do. (laughs) Uh uh Uh-huh.
2: Another interesting statistic as it relates to toxic bosses, this is a Gallup poll, and it says one in two, have at some point in their career, left a job to get away
1: from a manager. And you know, I think that is actually low, because that's 50%, right, one and two. But I know like uh, the SHRM, the Society for Human Resources Management, has actually talked about that being a much higher, I think it was in the 80% that said, they actually leave their jobs because of their immediate supervisor. So,
2: so what they're saying is when they are surveying, out of everyone that they asked the question, why did you leave, 85% have said in some fashion, it's because of their boss.
1: Well, actually, they weren't saying that in exit interviews. This was actually a, a survey that they did Because what's happening is they're not necessarily saying that in the exit interviews. They're saying in the exit interviews, I left for a better job opportunity. I decided I wanted to stay home with my kids. I decided I wanted to start my own business. But in an external survey that the SHRM organization did, they actually were saying, no, I left because of my boss. I made the decision to look for another job because of my boss. I made the decision to go home and be with my kids because I didn't want to work for my boss anymore.
2: And that's a far more, I think, honest look because exit interviews, they can either be um, tiptoeing out or they be, could be going out in a blaze of fire, right? Either way, it's going to skew it. So I, I like that. That's a post look. At why did they leave. But I mean, this is an absolutely huge phenomenon going on, and it's going to impact the workplace like we talked about last time. There's a lot of cost involved when somebody leaves the workplace. And we're right now we're talking about people leaving because of a boss.
1: Right, and so the organization as a whole is not only losing uh, the knowledge that that person brings, they're losing a lot of money by having to replace those people. And, And think about it, if this toxic boss, if one person is leaving because of a toxic boss, how many other people are leaving because of a toxic boss? Or want
2: to. And then it impacts morale, right? Because they're probably not keeping it to themselves that they're struggling. And it becomes a bit of a cancer that people are talking about it and it takes their, takes their eye off of their job.
1: Right, so you have the people that are leaving and the cost associated with that, but what is the cost associated with those people who are actually staying and dealing day-to-day with this toxic boss. Um, You have a lot of very anxious employees. You have a lot of uh, employees that have negative attitudes and and negative views towards their work, which we've talked about is highly contagious in the workplace. A negative attitude is far more contagious than a positive attitude. Um, And also destructive behaviors that come from employees that are in a situation that they can't get out of with a toxic boss.
2: Sometimes it even goes as far as retaliation. Right to a bit of an extreme. How are we going to get them back for being so awful in their bosom? And
1: what does retaliation do to an organization?
2: It's going to tear it apart and again it's going to cost and productivity and to the bottom line, but again, it's the cancer
1: that erodes the culture. So when we think of toxicity and bosses who are toxic in nature, let's talk about what some of the causes are of a toxic boss. What makes someone be a toxic boss? I think the number one
2: thing is fear. And it is uh, fear of loss of control. If they're not overmanaging someone, micromanaging, getting in everyone's business, right? If they don't keep that control, uh, what might happen? So there's that fear that comes in. And fear of losing their job. What if if somebody outshines me? Um, might I lose my, be replaced
1: and lose my job? And then you have this imposter syndrome where they are not quite confident enough in themselves. They've portrayed this, they've been promoted, but deep down inside, they're not sure they're as good as another person and they feel like they might be in the wrong seat, but they want to keep that seat. And so it's this constant, again, fear, like you say, somebody's going to find me out and realize that I'm not as smart of, I'm not as good as somebody else within the organization. So they feel like they have to push those people down. And as we've talked about
2: prior, when we are acting out of fear, monkey mind or Amy is going to engage and tell us that we're right in the way that we're behaving if we're the toxic boss. We're right. The way we are behaving is justified. Everyone else is wrong. And when you operate from that perspective, our, the best is not going to come out.
1: It's not. And, and Amy, you know, your monkey mind, is she's operating out of a position of survival So she really is trying to be good and she's trying to look at situations and say, how are we going to survive? And so if you're going into this in that fear mentality, her focus of your survival is to, you know, push people down, keep people at arm's length and try whatever you can in order to elevate yourself in other people's eyes. It's
2: a complex web, but I I do see fear as the number one. But I think a close second is lack of self-awareness. Somebody not being aware that they are toxic or that they are perceived as difficult.
1: Yeah, we talked a lot about self-awareness in episode two, and I highly recommend people go back and check out on self-awareness. And in that episode, we talked about, you know, 85% of us believe that we are very self aware when research actually shows that only 10 to 15% of us indeed are self aware. And so it is that lack of understanding of the effect that we have on other people that can keep that toxicity going because we're being told by Amy that these are the right things to do and we're so unaware of our effect on other people and even if somebody says something to us, we dismiss it because of that lack of self-awareness.
2: What do you think personality has to do with a boss being perceived as toxic?
1: Well, I think it has a lot to do with a boss being perceived as toxic, especially if you're not aware of your personality. So we, there's no one personality that's better than another personality. There's no one personality that makes a better leader than another personality. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. And it is our personality styles that can be perceived, what we, we perceive as our strengths to somebody else could be the very weakness a very dominant personality who's very focused on results and doesn't like a lot of idle chit chat and just wants to come in and chop chop, get things done. That can be a very toxic behavior to someone who is more, wants a a more personable approach and they can see that uh, as a toxic behavior. We need to understand how we communicate, what our personality styles are, and also understand the styles of the people around us and in our team and be able to adjust so that our personalities are not causing the toxicity in the workplace. For
2: sure. And recent scenario, I'm working with a manager and actually the manager the team that surrounds this particular manager and executive level and so much of the work that we're doing is is around their personality he is a driver he's a visionary he wants things done now he wants new ideas to be implemented yesterday and not considering all of the pieces parts that go along with doing that chop chop let's do it yesterday behavior and then another person on their team is i would say pretty skeptical so that person that that leader perceives that team member as a roadblock to their progress and that's causing a lot of anxiety and angst and another person Um, the leader thinks that that person isn't moving fast enough so they must not like their job they must not care they must not be enrolled in the leader's ideas because they're not moving fast enough when that person is really just crossing the t's they're dotting the i's they're making sure it's done well so they're seeing each other as their roadblocks but especially that driving leader is is seen as the toxic element for almost
1: all of the rest of the team. That it's not just the driving leader that can cause toxicity. I can think of leaders that, because my personality is that driven type personality, I can think of leaders that I have worked for in the past that are more... um, so, they're not willing to jump out and make the tough decisions, or they have a very difficult time making decisions. They move at a much slower p- pace. So, you know, understanding that anyone, any personality can be a toxic boss, it's understanding the people around you and how they work and having an understanding of each other that can help you to make adjustments to where you're working you know better and completely another quick
2: scenario is there's a leader who is not the the driving type of leader but they're more of that conscientious data-driven leader and they actually really dislike conflict anything that's emotional so the flavor of toxicity for that team is one that won't take care of things that need to be brought to the surface because they don't like conflict. So yet another flavor of how personalities can be seen as toxic.
1: So let's give our listeners some coping strategies for if they're dealing with a toxic boss in their workplace. What can they do to be able to work through that and have a more enjoyable work experience? My
2: favorite, favorite, favorite coping strategy is simply a reminder, because I know everyone has heard this. It's you only have control over how you respond to someone's behavior. We don't have control over how they behave only our reaction and how we show up and that's so important when we are working in what we're perceiving as a toxic environment
1: and i think in that instance you have to change your own thought process on the situation so understanding and and kind of giving your boss a little bit of the benefit of the doubt and being able to say Okay, let's take the boss that you were just talking about. That's very analytical, and just and they're the wet blanket on everything um, because they don't have enough data or um, the numbers aren't working out just right. Is is to be able to change the thought process that you have with that individual? To they are always a wet blanket. They always say no. They're never willing to move forward in changing that self talk into. Okay, they're trying to protect us. They're trying to make sure that we have all the data that we need. Sure, I need them to move a little faster, but giving them that benefit of a doubt and changing that self-talk within yourself because you're right. The only person we can change. Even
2: spreading that out to the mindset being around our behavior instead of focusing on the boss's bad behavior, focusing on what does the team need from me and, and even going that direction so that you can take action around that.
1: Right. So you change the dialogue within, in the team. If this is not happening, well, maybe then I need to do X, Y, Z in order to help uh, the team in the situation. And I think to help you do that, we really have to watch out for that monkey mind or uh, Amy who is giving you that victim mentality or, again, they're in that self differently in the situation, and I'm not going to take that victim mentality or that defensiveness. I'm going to view this differently.
2: Right. It's really easy to take somebody else's behavior personally, right? So it, it is important to have that pattern interrupt so that we shift our focus. And the, because our amygdala, the place where Monkey Mind and Amy live, is there to protect us and it's, it's shooting out all these messages to us, um, it's easy to go and look for other people to collude with us right, we wanna draw other people into our pain. And that's, it's a human reaction, Yay. however, it's not very useful. So one of the coping strategies is to lean into a support network and draw from others and get solution-oriented actions but to really watch out that we're not drawn in by others and go down a rabbit hole where we're all colluding and saying, yes, isn't this awful? And that we, in turn, don't try to do that with others, bring people into our rabbit hole and say, come, come, come here with me. When really what we need to do is be a support network that wants to help us move forward and shift out of that mindset. Because we can't always do this by ourselves. It's the forest for the trees. We
1: sometimes need some help. You need that trusted colleague that you've had this conversation with, and you both agree this is a hard person to work with, you know, this is their personality style, and you kind of talk through that, but that you have an agreement and arrangement with that I can come to you when I'm having difficulty, and you can help me come out of that victim mode. So, okay, yeah, he's a jerk. We understand that he's a jerk, but move me into a positive mindset. But what can you do? How can you react differently? So when you have these conversations and you have that trusted colleague, you can go to them and they can kind of, you know, they have permission to pull you out of that.
2: A, a definitely a dangerous cycle. And that goes back to asset support network to help you disconnect. And get into a better headspace so that you can move forward. I think there is a lot of value in documenting what's happening, so that um, even though you're maybe you're able to work through it pretty regularly, still the documentation in case something be, becomes very bad, right, a toxic to a level this needs to go to HR. You want to have notes and specifics because they can't work on, well, one time this happened. They have to have specifics. They have to be able to see the pattern if they're going to help.
1: You know, we talked a lot about keeping a business journal and a lot of good reasons to keep the business journal. Here's another good reason for keeping a journal. So when you do have interactions that you view as toxic, that you do, write those down. Date, time, place, what was being discussed never gets to that point, but if it does, you have the documentation needed.
2: And to not let that documentation and the journaling become more fodder for Monkey Mind and Amy, right? You document it, and you still move forward with your good action. You've, written it all down and that's taken care of and then move forward rather
1: than staying in it. Well, and the emotionally intelligent person is gonna write those things down and document them, but they're also going to use that to be able to say, how can in the future when this happens, how can I react differently? How can I not let this affect me? so negatively? How can I change, you know, we talked about triggers in one of our episodes. How can I change my reaction to that trigger? So you're documenting it, but you're also using it as that journal exercise to help you change your reaction to it. I do that with, and call
2: it reflection, right? A scenario happens, I document what's going on for me. I even document what monkey mind I'm listening to because I know I'm listening to it. And then in a moment of reflection, I'm like, exactly, how am I going to do this differently the next time? If I had a do-over, what would I have done differently to have more of that pattern interrupt? I think it all gets down to sometimes the solution is leaving, leaving the organization if. You're finding that your best efforts and the support that you're able or not able to get from human resources isn't enough that it is a pleasant place for you to work every day, that it's causing you stress and and burnout and even potentially health issues. There comes a time where, for some people, you have to leave, and knowing when that time
1: comes, and knowing it's okay. Because you've at this point, you've done everything you know to do. And there's just some places giving yourself grace that you haven't failed, but that you've just identified this isn't the right place for you, and that you're allowing yourself to grow and um, to be successful in another organization. And, and, and I can't stress enough, not looking at it as a failure on your part, but also being very careful when you make that decision to leave, not to burn those. So leaving with your head high and not, you know, leaving as a toxic person.
2: Right. Having a good transition plan in place to for that next person that's going to take over,
1: I think is, is key in all of that. So when you're leaving, you know, we talked at the beginning about not everybody says why they're leaving in exit interviews, but when you're doing your exit interview, being able to say these are some of the things that I've experienced so that HR has that opportunity to to go to that person and have conversations with that boss, uh, possibly get coaching for that boss so that you're giving the people you're leaving behind an opportunity to have a better workplace. Are you ready for practical solutions for extraordinary leadership? I believe I am.
2: So, practical solutions for extraordinary leadership, maintain control of your response to the toxic behavior, we only have control of ourselves, support network, including human resources, and if you perceive it all that you might be perceived as the toxic leader, take some time to reflect and check into that self-awareness level. Check out episode two, Lori King-Taylor has a great self-awareness quiz on her website at trinityperformancesolutions.com slash assessments.
1: Excellent. Well, this was a great conversation and I am looking forward to talking about how to hire for emotional intelligence uh, next week. I'm looking forward to it. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, you too.
0: Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit TrinityPerformanceSolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit UpwardSolutionsCC.com. Until next week.